Welcome to Live, Leadership, Innovation, Ventures, and Entrepreneurship, a podcast that showcases the talents, skills, and abilities of UT faculty, staff, and students. I'm your host, Brandon Jones, Associate Director for Student Learning and Development in Housing and Dining, and we're excited to have you listening to us. Welcome to this episode of Live, the Leadership, Innovation, Ventures, and Entrepreneurship podcast brought to you by University Housing and Dining. I'm your host, Brandon Jones, Associate Director for Student Learning and Development. And on today's episode, we've got Kate Lower, Director of the SHIFT program. And SHIFT is a program that engages the community in dialogue that changes the culture of campus substance use from one of misuse to one of well-being. And we're so excited to have Kate with us on today. First, can you introduce yourself? Tell us uh, who you are. Tell us your position and talk to us about SHIFT. Sure. So my name is Kate Lower and I am the director of SHIFT. So SHIFT is a brand new initiative here at UT Austin, which aims to shift the culture of substance use on college campuses, starting right here at UT. So looking at when we call it, when we talk about a shift of, um, we have this kind of assumption and narrative around what it means to be a college student. And so often that uh, evokes images of wild parties and, you know, copious amounts of substance use um, as the norm. Um, So much so that I hear from students a lot that if I'm not doing that, if I'm not partaking um, in this kind of party culture, well, then I'm not doing college right. Um, And that is simply not true on a lot of levels. Um, Most of our students, if they choose to use, are doing so pretty moderately. A lot of our students choose not to use for a lot of different reasons. Um, And so the narrative that that's the norm is, is a little bit misleading. So what Shift hopes to do is really um, have a different conversation or or kind of challenge that narrative to one that's more focused on holistic well-being. Um, Our students are so multidimensional that really to say there's one way to do college is really a disservice to um, the the really incredible things that our students are doing and and the incredible people that they are. Awesome. So shift is not an acronym. It's it's, it's what it is, right? Shift is our mission and motivation, Mm -hmm. right? It is our bold call to action. And that's what I love about the name. And that's another reason why I wanted you on the the show is because I really like the fact that it is what it is. It says it's shift. And then you can you can talk about everything else that shift is about after that. And I love the fact that the focus is on holistic well-being, because that's that's who we are in student affairs. Uh, We're all about the student development. Uh, aspect and so that's the whole student and so can you talk about uh, what that's looked like since you've and, and first of all how long have you been doing this uh, here uh, at UT? yeah sure so I started so shift uh, kind of started in conceptualization about a year and a half ago mm-hmm. and then I came on I was hired as director um, gosh last uh, end of spring so I moved to Austin on June 1st and mm-hmm. I was in the office on June 3rd oh wow yeah wow we do move quickly around we, here. we like to well hey shifts gotta happen we got some work to do <laughs> I like that shift happens That's I love right. that so talk to us about some of the things that you all are doing like can you talk about some of the initiatives that you all have in place mm-hmm. or some of the pilots that uh, you and I've had a chance to talk about. Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, SHIFT is is a grant-funded opportunity, and so we have uh, until uh, 2022 to, to kind of hope to make some meaningful moves, right, that, that indicate a shift in culture. And so uh, there are six different pilot initiatives that we are launching and, and hoping to um, kind of contribute to that idea of culture shift because culture is not linear, it's not one-dimensional, so we're really approaching it from a, a lot of different avenues. So um, 
another really unique thing about Shift is that it really um, is a an initiative that falls under uh, two ver- two realms, right? So we I am part of the School of Undergraduate Studies as well as the Division of Student Affairs, um, really in equal parts. And so that right there is it feels like uh, some innovative, um, you know. Work right there. So you're academic. So you so you're academic based as well as student affairs. That's Absolutely. Wonderful. So we're so we're looking at shift happening in the classroom and beyond, right? Mm-hmm. Because our students again are not only students, um, you know, 24-7. They mm-hmm. are full people. Uh, and so the first couple of pilots uh, really look at the academic experience. So um, in our first pilot, we've worked with a lot of signature course faculty in the School of Undergraduate Studies mm-hmm. um, and helping them lean into these protective factors um, and, and through the Search Institute, and it's called the, the 40 Assets, um, and we call it the 40 Assets for the 40 Acres. Um, mm-hmm. But really what they are, 40 assets or, or in other words protective factors so what are ways that we can enhance student well-being um, within the curriculum within uh, you know that kind of relationship with the professor in the classroom in a way that not only curbs substance misuse or mitigates the the risk of it but in a way that also mitigates a lot of related things potentially mental health or well-being issues um, or you know even academic success retention those kind of things are protective factors that just help with the holistic well-being of a of of a student. So we've worked with faculty on ways to do that in the classroom as part of the first pilot. The second pilot is very similar, though. We've been working with um, peer academic coaches, supplemental instructors, and then we will be training figs and trigs um, in the spring as well in very similar ways. So how do you help um, kind of enhance a student experience mm-hmm. in these ways? And um, figs being the freshman interest groups and trigs being transfer? Correct. Thank awesome. you for that. Yeah, hey, hey. yeah. I, I honestly didn't know. I was. I know about figs, but trans, transfer interest groups. That's new for me. Yeah, that's absolutely. Awesome. Well, I think we have so many transfer students, and it's really important. That's a unique experience mm-hmm. as well. Um, and and Schiff certainly tries to be to speak to all students, right? Um, from from all different experiences. So transfer students. That's a that's a really important experience to to focus on. So those are the first couple pilots. The third and fourth pilots are really more environmental. Um, mm-hmm. so kind of getting um beyond the classroom or outside of the classroom. So looking at community partnerships, not only on campus, but beyond. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we're trying to do is work with uh, local um, community partners, such as those in the hospitality community. Mm -hmm. So where our students socialize, where they work, where they play, um, how can we, you know, creatively look at the environment and make that a more supportive place that that embraces Mm -hmm. well-being? the fourth pilot is really centered around events. So in a couple different ways, I think we are really interested in um, harm reduction, right? And and kind of looking at water distribution, food distribution during high risk times, like tailgating or like mm-hmm. Roundup or mm-hmm. these these um, events where students might need, um, you know, some some water or some food to kind of help um, mitigate some potential risk there. Um, and then I think we're also looking at so the social experiences, right? I think what we hear from a lot of students is, I need to go um, to these parties where a lot of substance use is very prevalent. And I honestly wouldn't even partake, but that's the only place I'm going to meet people. So we're trying to challenge that. Or what are some other social experiences that we can help elevate or provide for students where mm-hmm. they can build connection and meaningful friendships um, in a way that doesn't revolve around substance use? Um, so that's something else that we're really interested. And then the fifth pilot is kind of looking at how do we engage people 
peers uh, in technology and what mm-hmm. can we do and kind of looking at putting the messaging in the hands of peers and peer leaders and mm-hmm. that they can reach out to their friends in real time as behaviors are taking place in a way that feels real and organic for them mm-hmm. in a way to kind of um, uh, prompt some some reflective thinking. Um, and then the sixth pilot isn't necessarily a a pilot ish. It's it's uh, we call it the Shiftivation Awards. I know, uh, fancy, right? I love that. Um, so our Shiftivation Awards are really an open opportunity for anyone across campus who has an idea that contributes to shifting the campus culture around substance use, and they can apply for Shiftivation funds. Mm-hmm. And Shift will support this um, endeavor, you know, as long as it's completed. I think with within our grant period. Um, so. What I love about that is it is really truly an open call to anyone um, as that's part of UT st- uh, staff or faculty and students, um, and I, I love that it just kind of garners um, a, a wide variety of ideas, right? Like I'm not, I'm certainly not holding any secret answers, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. is going to like fix our uh, fix the problem or kind of address culture change independently, it really takes a community to do that. And so Shiftivation Awards really invites everybody to have some ownership and and bring some creative and innovative ideas because that's what we do best. Mm -hmm. I love that. And so you talked about the environment. And one of the things that I think about, and you and I've had this conversation before, one of the things I think about is that being in Austin, Texas, we're surrounded by so many opportunities and also experiences that uh, impact the lives of our students. You got Formula One, Circuit of the Americas. Uh, we've got South by Southwest coming up here in a couple of weeks. We've got uh, Austin City Limits. All these different opportunities for our students to uh, take advantage of Austin, Texas, but also potentially consume. And so I know over in housing and dining, these are one of the, this is one of the, those are the times rather that we tend to uh, put messaging out there about you know the guest policy and making mm-hmm. sure that students understand that you know uh, we, they need that they need to follow those rules. What are some of the things that you all are going to be doing during those times to kind of inform students? But not only that, if I'm a student listening to this podcast and I'm hearing about shift, what's going to be my encounter? with you all like what does that look like in a positive in a positive way when I say encounter yeah yeah um and I think that's a great question and I think I look forward to kind of growing year after year in terms of what we're able to to Mm -hmm. kind of offer and, and the places that we'll be in I think first and foremost one of you know the a cornerstone of shift is really leveraging some uh, some of the great work that's already being done right mm-hmm. shift is made possible by the incredible work that's already being done especially in the Longhorn Wellness Center and they have you know a lot of health promotion and prevention messaging like Bruce the bat and things that are coming uh, um, out of their office quite mm-hmm, frequently mm-hmm. Um, you know we have the Center for Students in Recovery we have a um, alcohol and other drug counselors in the counseling mental health center um, so there's a lot of really great work that's already being done so one thing is how can shift kind of leverage and elevate and amplify what's being done. So I think, um, you know, immediately some of that messaging, harm reduction messaging, you're going to see we're, we're working with all of those partners I just named, as well as sorority and fraternity life, for example, and during Roundup. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're working um, with a lot of partners in Roundup, uh, not only to amplify some some messaging and engaging students and creating some of that messaging, but also, um, you know, working uh, to get water distribution again and, and food distribution and maps 
and how can we, you know, let students know um, where the resources are mm-hmm. and, and kind of empower them with the information to make the decisions that are going to um, align with who they are and where they're going, you know, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. And so I think at these events or these kind of potential opportunities and ACL, I think, is another one that comes up, you know, how can we message, um, get the message to our students? And I think there's a lot of different ways that we're hoping to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is also where an, inv- an outstanding invitation to those students who sit, might say like, hey, you know what I would like to see? Um, you know, we would love to hear that. And we actually, we have a student advisory board that okay. is made up of just some really incredible, passionate students who do just that. It's our advisory board. So they're like, hey, do you know, you know, this thing or this is an opportunity for Shift to get involved? And they've been really great. We actually, um, sorry, this is getting a little bit of an aside, but That's we have okay. a... Um, uh, a vaping panel event that is on March 4th at 5.30 in the Texas Union. And that really sprung out of our student advisory board saying, hey, there is so much talk around um, you know, vaping right now, but it's just a lot of noise. Like, We want real questions answered. We want to know like this important information. We want to ask our questions. How do we do that? Mm-hmm. And so from that sprouted this vaping panel event that is taking place in a couple of weeks, which is a really great opportunity, again, for the students and for the community mm-hmm. to kind of join the conversation or get in this conversation about what that means for them and and to be informed, to make informed decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think, you know, I hope you'll see a lot more of that when it comes to South by Southwest and ACL and all Mm -hmm. these other things, that shift will be a place that can initiate conversation, that we can, and and really when I say initiate conversation, it's conversation without agenda, right? Other than education and awareness and and at the core of it, we're trying to cultivate a more mindful student when it comes to their decisions around substances. So um, in whatever way we can kind of have some of these conversations, uh, we're all about it. And I think the great thing, because like you bring up, right, like Austin is a really unique place in that it, right, it's a magnet for some really cool, innovative stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is so much opportunity in that. uh, And that's really a gift for our students, no matter what road they're on or where they're going, right, Mm -hmm. we can always learn by innovation or through innovation. And Shift being at its core, you know, an innovative uh, endeavor, I think we have a place. um, And I think it is uh, ever changing in terms of what that might look like year to year. So you mentioned earlier that you all are grant funded. Where's your if you can talk about that? Mm-hmm. Where's your who who all are you uh, receiving your grant from? Sure. Uh, it's the Hildebrand Foundation. Okay. And so um, there is an alum uh, connection as well as a parent connection. Mm-hmm. And um, Mindy Hildebrand has been an, a really avid supporter in, in a lot of different ways um, when it comes to substance misuse prevention. Um, and Shift is a really great uh, gift for, for all of us that that. Um, we've been really excited about and continue to be. And then along that same line, you met, you also mentioned um, that basically at the end of, by end of 2022 uh, that you all hope to have these indicators or these meaningful moves that you hope will have occurred over these last couple of years. What are those indicators like? What are, what are, what was success look like uh, for you all uh, in 2022? You'll know you're successful if what. That is such a great question. And that has been, I got to say, one of the most fun questions that we've been marinating on Mm -hmm. since I got here, Mm -hmm. right? Because 
I think we're so tempted to grab like what one thing will indicate culture change. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about a culture, again, it's not one dimensional. It's not linear. It's there isn't one thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we talk about a lot of different things. Certainly, we're looking at indicators such as instant incident reports. Mm -hmm. We are looking at substance misuse, um, you know, uh, hoping to see a decrease in substance misuse consequences Mm -hmm. um, and or the negative consequences associated with that, I should say. Uh, And so certainly we're looking at some of that quantitative details, right? Like we have the National College Health Assessment that we do every couple of years. Mm -hmm. We have baseline. We have a lot of a different assessment and um, evaluation things in place, A, that are already going, but also some of the shift is is putting out there to Mm -hmm. to evaluate shift and and kind of some of the some of these pilots that we're launching. Um, We're also looking at, at, you know, like what are ways that we measure culture? And that's a really tricky question. Mm -hmm. And one of our Shiftivation Awards um, that we've granted is is looking at the ethnography uh, and looking at the the culture of uh, substance use on campus and um, helping us kind of identify pockets where where like what is the how does the picture change? Right. Mm -hmm. Like what will success look like? And actually, it's funny. I was in a class. I was lecturing in a class last fall. And, you know, I kind of asked them the the same question. Actually, I said, how will we know we've been successful? What will success look like? Mm -hmm. You know, like what will a shifted culture look like? I love that. And, um, you know, the students started kind of like conversing and saying, well, you know, like when you when there's more sober parties. And I said, yeah, tell me about that. Like, what about what do you call a sober party? Because when you hear sober party, pretty much every student kind of rolls their eyes. And I Mm -hmm. think maybe even I do, too. You know, like, what is that? What does that even mean? And so um, they were like, oh, maybe you call it a dry party or maybe you call it this. And they were really kind of, uh, you know, hashing away at, at, sorry, pardon the pun, but kind of discussing the, uh, like, what would you call a sober party? Mm -hmm. And I kind of just paused and I laughed and I said, well, how about just a party? Mm -hmm. I think I will know when a culture has shifted, when we, when party is not just a verb to indicate substance misuse, Mm -hmm. right? When a party is a social gathering to connect with our friends, to meet new people, to Mm -hmm. have a good time. And the assumption isn't well, there's obviously going to be substances and copious amounts of substances there. For me, that's kind of what I hope a shifted culture might bring. I love that. I love the the fact that you created that and said uh, shifted culture. We'll know we've, we have a shifted culture when. And I think that that is a big part of it, too. We, we, we'll be calling it a shifted culture rather than a this huge cultural change. Right. Mm-hmm. Like instead, it's well, we have a shifted culture here at UT and people will say, well, what does that mean? And then when people can articulate what a shifted culture means, that might be something as well Absolutely. to think about, because yeah. if students are at are, are helping you, I, I love the fact that you have a student advisory board and I also love the fact that um, they're helping to contribute to this narrative uh, because a lot of the times we do these initiatives and we'll get going on them and then we'll realize the adults in the room like this idea. It's great. But yeah. what do the students think? And so for the students li- listening to this podcast, um, what what will what do, what does engagement look like for them as it relates yeah. to shift? Like, what are those opportunities that exist for them uh, to engage with you all in any of these um, initiatives or these pilots that you all have? What does that look like for the students that are listening? Yeah, well, I mean, for the students that are listening, please know that you are welcome as you are, who you are. You know, no matter kind of what your um, 
you know, choices might be around substance use. It really, this is our community. And for Shift to be successful, it has to be owned and run by the students. You know, this, it is the students' culture to shift. Mm. Um, it is not mine. You know, it is not the administration's. It is really up to the students. And we're here with a lot of expertise and guidance and resources. Um, but I think if, if if it's not coming from students, um, it's, a, it's a much um, steeper climb. Mm. And so I, I would really, I love... Um, students who who can bring their passion and their curiosity and even their um, like really hard questions, right? Uh, yeah. And and skepticism. I'm, I'm I can appreciate some good skepticism, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I think um, student involvement looks a lot of different ways. Certainly, the advisory board is a very active place that mm-hmm. that can guide the conversation, that can share the conversation. I think what I've encountered is is students have a hard time. Um, I th- and I, and I get it, right? Like I, when you talk to students about, I think their high school experience, the conversation around substance use is very different. Mm-hmm. So I think when we come to college, the, there's assumption when there's substance misuse prevention um, that it is really promoting uh you know, abstinence-based or mm-hmm. a very judgmental framework, mm-hmm. and that's really uh, not what we're about at all, right? right. Like, and I think. Um, that's a shift in culture there that students are, are kind of getting um, acclimatized to, that mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we're not with an agenda in terms of what your choices are. Right. Again, we're wanting to cultivate more mindful decisions. So some, um, and, and not only students, I think anyone I talk to about shift, they kind of understand on one end or the other, right? They right. get kind of, um, yes, we, we should address substance misuse or we should really do a better job of supporting our students in recovery or who are, are living with substance use disorders or, you know, Yes, I get that you want to stop and end all substance, you know, right, misuse, right. and um, you know, the thing about shift is it really is a wide umbrella and it, it spans all of that. And really, we're looking at the students who, you know, whatever your choices might be, we're we're just trying to prompt some reflection and some mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think when we talk about mental health and well being, right, it it also in, substances are a part of that. Right. Um, for anyone, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and your relationship uh, with with substances doesn't end in college. And mm-hmm. I think that's another um, sometimes a misperception for for some, right? That this is the time in my life when I am supposed to do substances. That's when I'm gonna do it, and mm-hmm. that's you know then I'll when I get a real job, you know, like things will be different. Right. <laughs> um, and I think as we're laughing, right? Because I think mm-hmm. I can say as an adult, right? Like your relationship doesn't end. And I think especially in, in certain professions, there's um, some expert expectation that you know networking or or, or kind of building relationships right. again revolves around substance use. So, yeah. um, this is a really sorry. I'm getting really aside and on a tangent, no, no, but no. Uh, it's a good conversation. trying to come back to to what do students? You know, what role do they play? Mm-hmm. They play a huge role they, in in the success of it. And so I think they can do that in a way that if they are someone who is listening, and next time you go to wherever you go to socialize, and you may or may not be thinking about you know engaging in substances, just that pause. Mm-hmm. Um, you are a part of shift, and and you are welcome here. You know, mm-hmm. if if you are someone who wants to really prompt a conversation with your peers or with your um, you know organizations you know please come let's let's chat and I think there's ways you know through our, our pilot five and the technology you know mm-hmm. we can talk about ways that you can become kind of an ambassador of some of this messaging mm-hmm. we can talk about ways that you can um, have conversation with your friends to to kind of cultivate some more um, you know meaningful connection or mm-hmm. deeper reflection there um, there's really so many ways that students can be involved that are both active 
active and passive. But really, I think if you are a student here at UT, you are a part of Shift. Um, mm-hmm. You are part of this culture, no matter what your decisions are um, or aren't, for that matter. So, okay, why is why do you think that our the assumption that we often make uh, about the college experience uh, is is always rooted in abuse. Like one of the things I've always noticed is that every time there's a conversation uh, around substance use, I've loved the fact that throughout this entire conversation and all of my interactions with you have always been around. It's you, you stick to the point of substance use and you never just jump to abuse. Mm-hmm. And why is it that? we immediately jump to abuse or we only start trying to have these conversations uh, reactively mm. uh, a lot of the times once uh, once an incident has happened or once we've got an incident report or a uh, student has come in intoxicated or something. Why is it that that's the place we immediately go to when we start having these substance use conversations? Man, what a great question. I don't know if I know the answer um, exactly. I want your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think there's a lot of different ways we we can look at that. you know, that piece, right? And I think, um, why do we have this assumption that substances are so ingrained in college life, Mm -hmm. I think is a question that I hear from that. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I think there's a lot of cultural, like uh, college is such a microcosm of the macro, right? Like, Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think there's, we live in a bigger, wider culture of, um, you know, uh, of that has a, a whole conversation of its own, um, but I think the expectation has been for for college, and I don't, you know, I, I can guess and and kind of allude to uh, some of why how it got to be what what it got to be, but um, you know, I think. In our wider culture, we're often reactive. You know, mm-hmm. I think prevention, the work of prevention is really challenging because you can't tangibly show what you prevent, mm-hmm. right? And so it's sometimes a harder sell. But when something happens that's negative, well, then everybody wants to know, well, what are you doing and how are we responding to it? And, you know, I think the, pr- the field of prevention is... is I don't know if it's new, but it's it's um, I think gaining a wider uh, kind of knowledge base or uh, or conversation base maybe um, because people are starting to realize that yeah you know there are some really um, what does prevention mean and, mm-hmm. and prevention yes it's preventing um, you know substance misuse in the first place um, but what what does healthy uh, behaviors look like and and seeing prevention as part of a more holistic uh, conversation I think has been a positive move in in the field right mm-hmm. and so I don't again that doesn't really answer your question and kind of does I think um, you know, where so. does this perce- perception come from? I mm-hmm. think that's a really interesting conversation I have with students a lot of why do we just have this? Because when we look at the the data, right? And again, I'm sorry, this is kind of another tangent. But when we look at the data of substance use on college campuses, what we know is the perception is often different than the reality. Mm-hmm. And so that's a conversation I'll have with students a lot of why do you think that is? Like, why is our perception that you know, 96% of our students are drinking alcohol when really 69% of our students drink alcohol right. or 80 some, 84%, I think it is the perception of our students who use cannabis when the reality is 20%. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what is that jump about? And I think there's a lot of historical factors in play. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of um, media, you know, that, that kind of contribute. Animal House, you know, I always mm-hmm. use that as an example sure. because it was predates most of our students. Yeah, and they know yet, what it is. A lot yet of them it's do. the... 
every fall poster sale, right? You'll see John Belushi and mm. and uh, the college sweatshirt. So I think it's Still iconic images. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess I don't know. I see him around. Um, so I think all of that's part of it. I think family, you know, conversation, all of this stuff plays into it. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is take a quick break and we'll be back to talk about the role of culture. Hey, this is Kate Lower. I'm the director of SHIFT, a brand new initiative here at UT aims to shift the culture of substance use on college campuses. So there's been a lot of conversation about vaping lately, and maybe you have some questions too, like how much is too much, or uh, what are some of the risks associated with, or what is up with all that marketing? Um, Come hear from some of the experts around campus, uh, talk about all those and more. Come and join us on March 4th at 5.30 p.m. in the Texas Union Quadrangle Room. You can also submit your questions uh, via Shift social media. Follow at UT Shift and go to the link in the bio to submit your questions and be there on March 4th to talk about more. One of the things that our students are having questions about is related to vaping because there's lots of advertisements out there. There's lots of information. Then out of nowhere in the fall, suddenly there was all this legislation to just stop in all vaping what's up with that <laughs> let's do that let, let's 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 see yeah. if we can tackle the the some kind of inquiries or uh what our students are feeling and the anxiety that some of them they may be feeling about vaping as much as you can yeah Come i to think the event though it's it's such an interesting conversation and i think the reality is there is it's vaping itself is so new that the what we know about it is mm-hmm. so limited okay. and so i think where the kind of of like increase of action and and panic, if I can say that, was really in response to some of uh, these early research articles kind of being published and, mm-hmm. and more information starting to come out and the E-Valley deaths um, and, and instances re- uh, related to E-Valley. And, you know, I'm, I, I wish I could remember exactly what E-Valley stood for. Um, it's like electronic. I'm going I'm to mess it up. Okay. Um, but it is the respiratory kind of issues related with, with um, excessive vaping. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that has caused a lot of um, conversation to, mm-hmm. to come, rightfully so, right? And I think I think it was one of those moments because originally when vaping came came out or or kind of e-cigarettes came out, um, per the uh, kind of um, uh, what are they called? Per the, I, I don't want to name any names. I'm trying not to, mm, to give the leg. I understand. Uh, you know, when they when these devices came out, they were really marketed as being harm reduction tools. So mm-hmm. someone who was looking to quit smoking, mm-hmm. this was seen as less harmful um, as, you know, um, than cigarettes. And so a way to reduce, uh, you know, if someone was trying to, to quit smoking mm-hmm. uh, cigarettes. And so... I think people kind of um, really took to that as, as like, oh, well, they're less harmful. Right. Um, and I think, you know, not to get too off subject here, but but especially with, with cannabis, which is another kind of um, focus point that I talk about a lot and, and students have a lot of questions about, right? Just because it's less, something is less harmful doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's harmless. Right. And so with uh, e-cigarettes and vaping, it became, uh, that kind of became the the perception, right? That, well, if they're less harmful, then like they're not bad and I can kind of indulge or I can use them. And, and because they're actually so um, convenient in mm-hmm. some ways, mm-hmm. right, that they become very accessible and easy to use. Um, 
some of the marketing at early on was was definitely well I, sh- I shouldn't say definitely uh, was suggested to be um, you know geared toward a youth audience or a younger audience mm-hmm. um, and so now of course a lot of our students who maybe um, either started using in high school and are continuing or maybe they just started using um, you know e-cigarettes and vapes and things on college um, you know there's been a lot of people who have tried to cut down or quit and and have had a really hard time doing so Mm -hmm. and so now they're looking for resources or I think there's a lot of questions about the perceptions of like well wait I thought it wasn't quite as harmful for you Mm -hmm. Um, but you know the a pod one pod is is equal to I think a pack of cigarettes and so um, you know how many pools are are a little bit different you know it's not really apples to apples you know it's It's a different comparison it's a different it's a different thing and and you know anything that we put into our body right is going to have some sort of effect Mm -hmm. and so now we're just starting to learn what some of those effects are and there's still a lot of of questions out there which is why you know i know a lot about most substances but i'm really exciting for this vape for excited for this vaping panel because we have you know these just ridiculously smart people from around ut mm-hmm. that are going to talk about marketing they're going to talk about kind of youth and and use and policy and, and things like that so mm-hmm. that hopefully we can have a more robust discussion and a deeper understanding of not only what is the issue or issues related with um, e-cigarettes and vaping, but what does that mean for you? Mm-hmm. Um, and and what, how can that kind of inform um, your own kind of decisions or relationship with vaping? So you, you said a lot about culture, and I want to make sure that we don't overlook that. You know, I come from the generation of Joe Cool, not Joe Cool, but Joe Camel, Joe Cool too, because I'm a Snoopy fan. I was um, say. I, uh, but uh, Schultz was the reason why I started drawing in the first place. Um, but Joe Camel, uh, Spuds McKenzie. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I, my grandmother was a smoker. Uh, my grandfather, uh, up until I was about eight or nine, was a cigar smoker as well. And so neither of my parents smoked. But I, I just remember all the I, I can remember all the advertisements. I can tell you about the Marlboro Man, all mm-hmm. those different things. What is the role of not just the marketing and promotion, but uh, what role does culture play in how we view those things? Yeah. I in mean, your I th- opinion, I think in my opinion. Right. <laughs> uh, we are all part of a culture like we whether you like in whatever way you participate right we are all part of a community at least Mm -hmm. that's what that's what i believe i think Mm -hmm. we're part of a ut community we're part of a texas community we're part of a an american community and and beyond right um and so uh and recognizing right like that might not all of us i think feel connected to that community in different ways Mm -hmm. we all have different experiences right some of us feel more accepted into that community other of us feel more marginalized Mm -hmm. so i want to be clear that to to validate that there are very different experiences of what it means to be connected to a culture Mm -hmm. um, or a community for that matter so um that being said, right, the the idea of popular culture or the way that we consume things, um, there is a universality to it mm-hmm. um, that that we see things and and um, we're hearing similar conversations. So I think all of those things influence um, our our 
decisions or our kind of perceptions of things. And, you know, I think we are, we value our communities, however we define that. Mm -hmm. And so um, what we see in our communities um, certainly influences our behavior and our worldview and our perspective. And, um, you know, certainly we all come together at UT and and share a lot of wide perspectives that that may be similar and may be really different. But certainly there's a a universal conversation that we can have in a robust way that, Mm -hmm. that I think is also respectful of that. Awesome. What bit of advice or what suggestions would you have for any students that are listening and they're trying they're trying to make sense of their rep their their relationship with substances mm-hmm. uh no, no matter what no because i don't want to say positive or negative but right. their relationship uh with substance use uh what suggestions do you have for any student that's listening uh that's trying to figure out you know how 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 they're gonna ha- what relationship they're going to have uh, with substances, especially if I'm a freshman and I know people that uh, drink every weekend and they're underage, or I know that I'm gonna I've, I've been going to parties and it's always offered and I'm always turning it down, but it's everywhere I go. Uh, how how what, what advice or suggestions would you give to those students? Yeah. Who are trying to have a shifted mindset? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think there's so much. I think first and foremost, right? Uh, my my hope is that you are able to kind of sit and reflect with again who you are and where you're going, and mm-hmm. that you make decisions that are aligned with exactly that your values and and you know hopefully you are able to find your your people who share similar values who are going to respect that and and um, that the the pressure that in order to socialize or, or have friends that we can break that that assumption down mm-hmm. a little bit, right? Like, because it's, um, I don't think that's that's true. I don't think you you need those to connect. I don't think most people feel really are are feel connected to you or not connected to you based on your decision of how mm-hmm. much you drink, even though it feels that way. It definitely, I I, I think that feeling is very real. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a couple things. There's a couple of like nerdy science things that I want people to know, right? Mm-hmm. And and we talk about this a lot when we talk about substance use, but our, our brain is fully developed, right? Not until the age of 25. And the prefrontal cortex is the last thing to develop. And that's really at the very front of the brain. And that's responsible for, you know, decision-making, judgment, um, you know, our thought processes, all this high critical, um, you know, kind of thought processes. And so because that's the last thing to develop and it develops at 25, um, developmentally, right, students are kind of at this place where um, it's the the critical thought and theory and judgment isn't necessarily the first thing to fire when we come mm-hmm, to substance mm-hmm. use. So um, I think there's something that that's totally normal if it feels like that's what you're gravitating toward and that's kind of like, hey, this is uh, this I'm doing this and whether it's a great idea or not, right? Like that, there's something developmental going on. Um, but that being said, right, uh, because your brain is still developing, cultivating some of these mindful pauses, right, is just setting you up. You're, you're flexing that muscle. It's like working out, like you're making it stronger. Mm-hmm. And so that pause, I think, is important not only for decisions around substance use, but just decisions in life, right? Like how do you take care of yourself? If you're noticing that you are feeling dysregulated, whether it's, you know, you're feeling anxious or um, maybe a little bit lonely or just having a rough time with the transition, um, 
that, you know, really taking care of yourself, um, whatever that means for you, is is a really um, important skill to learn, not only throughout college, but beyond. Mm-hmm. So I guess that would be one um, thought or piece of advice would be the, the relationship that you make with substance use um, now, right, in college, will often can help dictate what your relationship is long term. And so um, I think for some students who are gravitating toward using substances out of response for, um, you know, some um, emotional health, right? Like if they're feeling stressed or anxious or lonely or whatever it might be, and they find that's kind of the the motivation behind their use, mm-hmm. um, while sometimes that works in the short term, it's not often, it, it's never really a long-term solution. And so the more that we can kind of work to have this holistic uh, conversation or, mm-hmm. or kind of work to make these decisions that are, um, you know, kind of aligned with, with who you are and where you're going, um, you're, it's, it's a skill that you're going to take beyond college in a, in a really meaningful way. Well, awesome. Well, that's all the time we have for today's episode. Katie, I want to thank you for coming. I said Katie. Uh, <laughs> thank, you, thank you for coming by and talking with us. Um, for those thank students you. and faculty and staff that are listening who have some additional questions or they want to learn more about SHIFT, how can people get in contact with you and find out more about SHIFT? Yeah, I think our website's a great place to, to learn more. So shift.utexas.edu. Um, engage with us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at UTShift. Um, and you can also also, uh, you know, always email shift at austin.utexas.edu. Um, any and all of those ways, uh, we'll be sure to get back to you, and, and we'd love to join in the conversation. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thank Glad you. I appreciate you. it. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. To catch the next installment, be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. This podcast was recorded and edited in collaboration with the LAITS Development Studios Audio Department. More information can be found at liberalarts.utexas.edu LAITS. The intro song was composed by Ian Herrera, and you can find his work at ianherrera.com. The outro song was composed by Noah Keller, and you can find more of his work at noahdkeller.com. We'll see you next time.